She extends the language of sculpture in a personal and poetic way. That's how the Turner Prize jury described Veronica Ryan's work as she was given one of the art world's highest accolades. Drawing on her Caribbean heritage and environmental and social themes, her artwork's now on show at the Tate Liverpool, and she joins us from New York to tell us more about it. Veronica, thanks so much for being with us. Now, let's start with that major prize. How did it feel to receive the Turner Prize? Was it something you dreamed of or aimed at? Um, well, I didn't aim at it. Um, it's wonderful to have won the prize. Um, it felt very surreal um, um, on the day when, when my name was announced. And, it, and then it was adrenaline. I can imagine. Now your sculpture is very paradoxical in a way because sometimes it's heavy and imposing, sometimes light and fragile. It can resemble organic forms or man-made objects. Tell us about your approach to making 3D pieces. Well it, the, the work has varied over a number of years. Um, I tend to work on several pieces simultaneously um, and because I travel quite a lot, I tend to have bits and pieces, components that I travel with, um, which then sometimes become one piece. Um, but really, a lot of the current work comes from award. I, I won an award, the, the Freelance Award for Mid-Career Women Artists who um, haven't been receiving recognition for their work. So that really enabled me to focus and concentrate on a body of work over a period of time and bring quite a lot of things together. So that really has been pivotal in more recent years to have work developed. Indeed. And speaking of recent work, in 2021, you unveiled a special public art commission in the London borough of Hackney to celebrate the Windrush generation. That's people who came to the UK from the Caribbean, people like your parents who are from Montserrat, yourself, uh, you were born there. Tell us about these three forms, custard apple, breadfruit fruit, and soursop. What were you hoping they would convey? Um, well... I wanted something celebratory because, uh, you know, the wind rush has been quite paradoxical as well, to use the word you you used um, about my work. So um, I wanted to see how I could make work which somehow related to um, the Caribbean and to that whole period of um, British history as a toddler. My mother used to go to Ridley Road Market and um, I often went with her. And so one of the things I um, had recollections of was my mother buying fabrics and um, uh, threads and food, fruit and vegetables. And so it seemed to be um, a way to talk about the community and about cultural heritage and background, about something which is part of the diaspora. My mother um, reminded me recently that those were the particular fruit and veg that she ate when she was pregnant with me. So I'm also fascinated by them because they also have um, 
medicinal properties. So they, they're also very healthy. And it's interesting to see um, the movement now, you know, many more people have been vegan and concerned about their health and so on. So I, I find it intriguing that my mother, um, when she was quite young, in fact, chose fruit and veg that was nutritious to her body and that, you, you know, has this extended um, herbal background that I, I'm really intrigued by. So I see the Caribbean the choice of these particular fruit and veg operating on lots of different levels. And indeed, a couple of years before those sculptures were commissioned, the Windrush generation had sadly become a term with alarming connotations in the UK because of the scandal in which some of those people were wrongly detained or threatened with deportation by the Home Office. That was part of what was called the hostile environment policy under then Home Secretary Theresa May. An independent review later said that the actions of the government were thoughtless and irrational. How do you see progress on that issue since then? The, the situation continues in various ways. Um, you know, the whole economic um, global problem that we're facing, that immigrants tend to uh, see repercussions from an, a, a perception that immigrants somehow uh, interfering with the local economy. Um, and of course, we're seeing people moving across the globe, um, moving from areas of dislocation to, to supposed safer havens. And so we're seeing all these different modalities of um, dysfunction. Mm, feels extremely current, as you say. Now, speaking of public commissions, uh, public art like that one, Hank Willis Tom Thomas has recently been in the headlines for his sculpture, The Embrace, to commemorate Martin Luther King in Boston. Now, his family say they love the sculpture, but others have said it's offensive, rude, or just badly executed. I wondered what you think about this. How much gets lost between the artist's intention and the public's reaction in these sort of cases? Um, well, it's very topical at the moment, isn't it? And uh, I think the previous uh, Martin Luther King um, work that's in DC was also um, critiqued quite widely. Um, I, uh, public sculptures are very complicated in a way because they have to appeal to the public. And um, I've been listening to all the critiques about um, this particular work. And, um, you know, people um, are going to say how they feel. And um, I think the artist is a very, is a conceptual artist. So I think the idea of the embrace is, um, is the intention. And, and so, you know, um, I think the intention and the reality, are, you know, quite interesting. Now, I believe you spent a period of your career where you weren't making much money from art and you turned to found objects to waste, repurposing organic and manufactured matter with amazing results. At that time, what did you observe about our relationship with packaging, with things we throw away? Well, in fact, I've always recycled materials. Um, it's been part of the trajectory of my work um, ever since I was a a student, um, both at, on my undergraduate and on the Slade. At the Slade, I used um, a lot of different 
um, found and um, made objects and often combined components with plaster and wood. And I was looking quite a lot at uh, West African art, as well as um, Egyptian sarcophagi and mummies and their um, reliquary objects that, uh, that you know, one found and finds in um, sarcophagi. It meant that when I didn't have any money, that, that I just used more found objects. I just um, because that was already part of the trajectory of my work. You know, I was collecting um, apple packing cushions. I used, I, I put pins in and I've got a whole body of work which isn't visible. Anything that looks interesting, I tend to collect. So it just became quite a dominant part of the work for um, uh, almost 15 years. Now, when you won the Turner Prize, it was mentioned in the press that you were the oldest person at that time to win it. But you built up your body of work over more than 40 years. You had a family, too, in that time. Do you think there is too much focus on youth, on speed, on making a big splash very quickly on the art scene? I, I tend to think that age is a number. Um, and I have been aware uh, about the focus of my age, and I think that... You know, clearly some artists have um, early, um, a, an early profile and a lot of um, status connected with youth. And, and I think that, you know, there were, I had quite a, a, an active career actually showing quite a lot in the 80s and up until the mid 90s. And then there was a period where the work wasn't, um, looked at particularly and I think that um you know um I've tried not to focus on the meaning of um being described as pensioner re receives the Turner Prize because you wonder what the underlying intention of um making these kind of crass remarks and so <clears throat> But we've seen that actually women and non-white people um, are, are getting more recognition at this point. Historically, there have been movements in and out. You look at the Harlem Renaissance, for instance, and, and you look at periods where um, people are visible and disappear. So I, I see that conversation in a wider context. Absolutely. I must agree with you. Veronica Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today and for your time. We'll wrap up this show with the work of another sculptor, the late Germain Richier. The French artist built up a deeply original and radical body of work between the 1930s and the 1950s. The Pompidou Centre here in Paris is staging a retrospective of her pieces and her short pioneering career. We'll leave you with a clip. Do check out our website and our social media channels for more arts and culture. There's more news coming up on France 24 just after this.